Hey, hey! My name is Stan and I really love traveling, and I love talking about it even more. So welcome to this episode of the podcast Traveling with Stan, where I take you on a tour of some of the most exciting cities around the globe. This time I will take you to a destination unlike any other. Sure, this city has a rich history, amazing food, and rooftop bars, just like many other destinations that we've explored so far. But what makes it unique is that it lies on the border of Europe and Asia, geographically, but also culturally. Yes, I'm talking about Istanbul, the largest and best-known city in Turkey, a bold and vibrant destination of diverse neighborhoods, amazing architecture, and the place to buy a carpet. Well, maybe not, but visiting its markets and trying out your haggling skills is definitely on the list of things to try here. In this episode you'll find out how one famous flower has a very different origin than you thought. Hint, think Netherlands, but you'll end up in Turkey. Just how many minarets was once considered acceptable for a mosque to have? And why Istanbul was once dubbed the city of toilets? How to get there? Lying on both sides of the Bosporus Strait in the southeastern part of Europe, the city has served as a strategic crossing point between Europe and Asia for millennia. The strait itself is an entry point from the Black Sea to the Mediterranean. So, it's not hard to imagine how important it had been in history as some of the greatest trade routes had passed right through it. The most notable one being, of course, the Silk Road. That fact contributed to it playing a great role in the Roman, Byzantine, or Ottoman era. Each contributed to the city's heritage in its own way and so the city is a melting pot of cultures and styles. It has also been renamed a couple of times in the past, from Byzantium to Constantinople to nowadays Istanbul. With over 15 million people, it's currently Europe's most populated city and one of the most visited ones in the world. That also makes it quite a busy one, as you can imagine, so it's not really a place for a quiet getaway. But, if the hustle and bustle of a busy city makes you tick, you've come to the right place. It's also not the place for a quick one-day stroll. Three days are the least I would recommend for this beast of a city. But you can easily keep yourself entertained there even for longer. As for getting there and when to go, my recommendation would be similar to other cities I've covered. Avoid the summer season, as it's hot and crowded and that's really not the best time to queue to visit the sites. Winter is a hit and miss. It might be a bit snowy and romantic, it might be just chilly and not much fun. Istanbul is probably most charming in spring as that's when it blooms. Literally. Did you know that tulips actually came from Turkey? Spring is the time to see the city's parks covered in tulip carpets. And, of course, autumn is perfectly nice too. Flying into Istanbul will land you in one of its two airports from which you can get a shuttle bus to the city center. Once in, maybe consider getting yourself the Istanbul cart which you can use for public transport. It's a huge city, you will need a break from walking every now and then. Do not miss. With a city of this size, how does one go about navigating it and not get lost among all that it has to offer? For the sake of time, I'll try to break down the list of the top sites for you. But like at Spice Bazaar, this is a place of many colors and flavors and you might not want to try them all at once. The best place to start is the Sultanahmet neighborhood, simply because that's where the top attractions are located. Starting with the shiniest of them all, the Hagia Sophia. It was once the largest church in Orthodox Christianity, later converted into a mosque which is still being used today. It is grand, enormous, and gorgeous inside and out. 
As at all mosques, entry is allowed for tourists only outside prayer times, and you must be appropriately dressed. So, no bare skin. Cover up those arms and legs. If you're a woman, you should wear a headscarf too. And shoes are typically left outside. Have you checked your socks for holes? On the topic of mosques, you should definitely visit the wonderful Blue Mosque also known as Sultanahmet Mosque. It's captivating with its beautiful interior made up of handmade blue ceramic tiles, and it also lights up in blue at night. There's quite a cheeky story related to the building too. At the time it was built, it was the only mosque to have six minarets apart from the Prophet's Mosque in Mecca. This had naturally provoked a lot of people who claimed Sultan Ahmed, who had it built, thought a bit too highly of himself. Yes, it's the same guy that the whole neighborhood is named after. But as history goes, all was settled in the end by a generous offer from the Sultan to build a seventh minaret for the mosque in Mecca. From mosques to royal residences, onwards we go to visit another magnificent structure, the Topkapi Place. This is the place where the Sultan and his family resided until the 17th century until the Dalmabas Palace was built which I highly recommend visiting too. Topkapi Place is now a museum of gorgeous interiors in a lush garden setting. From the courtyards you can get some excellent views over the Bosporus and especially the Golden Horn which is an inlet separating the European part of Istanbul into two. It's called the Golden Horn because of the golden light reflections on the water. And the place to get a fresh fish sandwich from one of the fish vendors. I'll talk about more things to taste in Istanbul later, but just though I'd pop this one in here. But back to Sultanahmet. After all that gazing at amazing structures, you might want to rest your eyes a bit on some natural beauty. And if you're here in spring, there's no better place to go than Gulhane Park. In April the parks, gardens and squares in Istanbul all turn into one overflowing carpet of tulips. And Gulhane Park is no different. Plus, it is the largest and oldest park in Istanbul and will allow you to escape the crowds a bit. When you've recovered enough to be ready for some serious shoulder rubbing and an attack on all senses, make your way to a bazaar. And among them, the Grand Bazaar is the biggest and most obvious one to visit. Yes, it's loud, it's crowded and it will most probably make your head spin. But there's no way to experience Istanbul without factoring this experience in. If you're looking to get some nice pictures and maybe buy a flavorsome souvenir to take home with you, then the Spice Bazaar close by should be your next stop. Yes, it will be as crowded and loud as the first one, but still, well worth it. To round up my list of sights to see, and I could go on and on in a city like Istanbul, I would recommend the Galata Tower. For one, it's quite iconic and a symbol of Istanbul. Plus, it gives you an amazing bird's eye view over the historic parts of the city, as well as views of the Bosporus and the Golden Horn again. Just in case you missed it from the palace. The tower was built in the Byzantine era as a watchtower. And it was at the time, the tallest building in the city with a height of over 62 meters. Don't worry, you won't have to climb that high on foot when visiting it yourself. There's a handy lift to take tired visitors up seven floors. But for the last two, you'll have to take the stairs. Fun Fact Do you know that at one point in history, Istanbul could have easily been dubbed the city of toilets? And I mean this in every respectful way possible. During the Ottoman Empire, around the 13th century, there were around 1,400 public toilets across the city, which was in stark contrast to how even the monarchs of other European countries were going around doing their business. Those were the times when sewage was freely running through the streets of many European cities and public hygiene was more of a matter of wishful thinking. But Istanbul? There's a city well ahead of its time. Try this.
As hard as it is to pick just a few places that one should visit in Istanbul, the same goes for food. How do you do justice to a city that is brimming with flavors? But no traveler should go hungry, so here's my lowdown on what you should definitely try in Istanbul. Chances are, you'll discover some amazing specialties on your own too. First things first, a hearty breakfast is the best way to start the day, especially if you have a lot of sightseeing ahead of you. And there's no better way to go about it than with the traditional Turkish breakfast kabalti. It's actually more of a brunch than a quick morning snack on the go. Expect to be feasting on a variety of olives, eggs, dips, cured meat, vegetables, bread, jams, honey, and sweet pastry. And, of course, the quintessential black tea. No coffee involved. It is intended to be shared, so bring a friend. Or two. That alone should keep you happily filled for your rambles about town. But, should you get hungry, in Istanbul a delicious snack is always at the ready. For a quick street food meal, you can get the kofta, which is essentially a meatball dish. Or, even more popular as a quick snack, is simit. A kind of Turkish bagel-shaped pastry rolled in sesame seeds that you can get from vendors pushing their carts on the street. Some even say that entire Istanbul partly smells of this delicious snack. Some other staples to try in Istanbul would be stuffed or fried mussels and pied in lamakin, which are pastries similar to pizza topped with meat or veggies, all washed down with lots of chai or black tea. And of course, I must not forget dessert. The one and only, baklava. There are so many flavors to try, that you can have a different one for every day of your trip. But all are super tasty, super sweet and super Instagrammable. Especially when presented in the shop windows. Act like a local. As I mentioned in the intro, Istanbul can be a bit of an overwhelming city. Especially for introverts and those who seek more of a quiet ambience on their journeys. Now, that's not to say that there are no such places here. You just might need to look a bit more for them. So, if you feel you need a bit of a breather from the busy Istanbul neighborhoods, your best and quickest bet is to get on a ferry and hop over to the Prince's Islands. There's nine of them in total, but only four are open to the public and easily accessible within an hour's journey by boat. The two most popular ones being Bayukada and Hebalayada. Once there, you can expect peace and quiet. Literally. As any fuel-driven vehicles are banned, so your only way to explore them is on foot, on a bicycle or in a horse-drawn carriage. Locals live on the islands, so don't expect them to be abandoned. But there's greenery, some historical buildings, of course cafes and restaurants. But most of all, they have a very laid-back feel as opposed to the rest of Istanbul. On a different side of the scale, for a taste of how the locals live I recommend a visit to Katakoy. That's a neighborhood to go to soak up the vibrant and lively atmosphere of a living city. It's situated on the Asian side of Istanbul and also easily accessible by ferry. Once there, you'll find streets filled with cafes, restaurants, and bars. There's even a famous bar street which is where you'll want to be to get a taste of Istanbul's true nightlife scene. There are also second-hand bookstores, as well as antique and artisan shops to explore. Plus, a famous fish market which is definitely worth paying a visit. Locals come here to buy the fresh catch of the day, as well as other groceries, but there are also restaurants on site, where you can grab a bite of freshly prepared food.
Now, of course this was in no means an extensive list of places to visit in Istanbul. As I mentioned a few times, it's too great a city to make it justice in a short podcast like this. But I hope I gave you a bit of a taste of what you can expect when visiting it. And I am really sorry for my terrible Turkish pronunciation. As you can hear, I am far from being a native speaker. You can find all the information from this episode at travelingwithstan.com, or you can also find other podcasts from our series. If you like this one, don't forget to hit follow so you don't miss out on the next episodes. We are on the socials as well. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review or rate us on Spotify. It means the world to us. Pun intended.